This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. With Kevin De Bruyne, who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane, and it's another chance to make it three, and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. This is episode 26. 20, wow, I'm not even ready. Look at that. I've been waiting 45 minutes. I'm not even ready. This, <laughs> no editing. This is episode 26 of season two and our third FA Cup special. Hope you're having a good week. Once again, I'm pleased to welcome back the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man who still doesn't believe the new Spurs stadium opens in two weeks and who loves a cold Guinness to help celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Who doesn't? It's Jeremy Semente. How are you, bud? Oh, I'm sorry. I was sleeping. Are we recording now? <laughs> those of you listening, we've, I've, I've been sitting here. I've been out in the garden. I've... <laughs> <laughs> I've done a little laundry. I've, I've you know, Chores have read, been done. read every book to my young infant son. And then Mr. Richardson decides to join us. <laughs> uh, well, I'm also pleased to uh, finally <laughs> introduce the leader of the Casey Gunas, the man who owns new clothing thanks to the guys over on Queer Eye and who's ready to welcome Sporting Casey's Johnny Russell over to Arsenal. Guess we'll see. Fresh with a brand new stopwatch, it's Boyz Richardson. How are you, bud? Oh, were we were we doing something this evening? <laughs> Did we have something going on? I, I'm I must have forgotten. The script of our text, wondering where Boyce uh, was before we started recording, will be available on our Twitter feed. Uh, it is quite a uh, back and forth between Jared and I. Should we call him? Should we text him? Should what? What should we do? Is he okay? Anyway, he's fine. You, you're fine, right, boys? I, I believe so. I think so. That's okay. He blamed it on his wife, from what I remember. So, <laughs> sorry, Q, if you listen. That is that is not how it went down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's go ahead and swiftly move into our first contest. Uh, let's go ahead and start with another round of question of the match. Uh, so, from the three topics given, each person is going to get a statistical question stemming from said match, and then a round of discussions will follow. Today's three topics are: City outclass the Swans, United howled by the Wolves, Watford sting the Eagles. And Jared, you're up first this week, so go ahead and pick a topic for us. Let's talk about Swan City. Swan City, why not? The citizens produce another dazzling display as they come from two goals down to beat the Swans. The final score was 3-2. Your quiz question is, how many times have City now come from 2-0 down under Pep Guardiola to win a match? Was it once? Four times? Or six times? <sighs> four. It is not four. Believe it or not, it is just once. Just once. Just the once. Just the once under under Pep, which is, you know, I actually kind of found surprising. But uh, there be the stats. So we'll take it. The bigger talking point, I think, from this game, though, was the uh, the non or the non-VAR. <laughs> that uh, wasn't in this game. So, Jared, talk us through, first of all, City's performance in this and how not having VAR affected this overall outcome. I'd just rather jump to my being right. <laughs> that uh, well-positioned official, as I've said, would have clearly seen Cameron Carter-Vickers tackled the ball first and Raheem Sterling just looking to go down before Vickers even touches the ball. I mean, just absolutely abysmal. And how that doesn't come up at VAR, I have no idea. Um, I mean, City were City. One stat I didn't know 
is that City, obviously the leading team scoring in the FA Cup this year, uh, along with Swans. These are the two highest scoring teams in the FA Cup. I didn't realize that. And, uh, you know, you got Henry de Swans coming out swinging uh, with a legitimate penalty against the run of play in a fabulous touch going by Fabian Delph, who was doing his best Benoit Asuokoto impression and just swiping wildly at whoever's running by him. Uh, and down he goes. But, you know, they had several chances. I mean, Riyad Mahrez alone in the first, I think, 10 minutes had two that he could have put away. Bernardo Silva striking the ball incredibly well. I mean, his goal was just absolute class. Uh, so this just highlights, you know, the firepower that exists with City. I mean, we've, we've talked about it time and time again on this podcast. They have a second 11 that could compete in the Premier League with anybody. Mm-hmm. And that is just terrifying. Uh, and that's why an FA investigation into financial fair play rules. What? No yeah. way. Uh, Of course it's happening and nothing will come of it because of the NCAA and there will be no repercussions Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, against teams that make the the FA money. But that doesn't change the fact that this is an absolutely scary team. And this is a team that Spurs now have to play. What is it? Twice in 10 or three times in 10 days. Yeah. uh, uh, Coming up now with the, with the UCL quarterfinal draw. Boys, uh, you've probably forgotten the UEFA Champions League is when the top teams of every tier across <laughs> Europe get to go and play the other teams. Oh, I'm so excited um, to finish above uh, you guys this and, year. You know, I'm so it, excited. You'll see. You'll see. You can watch it. Uh, you can watch it on TV. You can come over. Maybe, great. But, I'm excited to open up the new Spurs Stadium with Europa League next year. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> At least we get hey, one Champions League. Be, you, don't, you don't even know it's going to be open then, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It doesn't Love. exist. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, long story short, City are good. And I think Swan's absolutely got robbed. Mm-hmm. Boys, your quiz question here. With an early two-goal lead, how many shots on target did Swansea register in this game? Was it two, four, or seven? Two. It was two. Two shots, two goals, literally, uh, is what got them, got them that. So nice work on that. Uh, that'll get you those two points. Um, does this match prove again, as, as Jared was kind of alluding to, just how good City is, with or without VAR, or did... Uh, Swansea have stuff that they could have done in this game to really push the tie in their favor. Uh, what do we think on that? So Jared referenced earlier that Manchester City basically have two starting 11s, but I would also like to register the fact that City apparently have two starting 11s plus a man in the FA office. Let's do a, a reading of the teams that Manchester City have had to play in the League Cup and the FA Cup before I address that question. Let's start with the League Cup. They played Oxford United, Fulham, Leicester, Burton twice, and then Chelsea in the final. In the FA Cup, they played Rotherham United, Burnley, Newport County, Swansea City, and then somehow finagled the easiest draw in the semifinal. I'm not saying something's up as far as their draw goes, but something's up as far as their draw goes. Either they are the luckiest team in the history of the annals of the League Cup and the FA Cup, or something's afoot here. It seems like every draw Manchester City has this year, they somehow end up with the easiest team remaining to play, whether it's the League Cup, the FA Cup, or the Champions League. 
It's the same thing when it comes down every time Manchester City is always drawing the easiest team. And in this case, they got Swansea. Swansea put up a great match. But when you don't have VAR to be able to resolve these things, to be able to fix the Tottenham Hotspur of the world and prevent them from scoring goals that they never actually did that were illegal, you end up with a result that was unfair. If VAR is in place here, Swansea more than likely wins this match. And you can look back on it and say, I think Jared's actually right, that another official could potentially help things. I'd like to see that, plus VAR. What I don't want to see is any more of this. Mm -hmm. People diving for penalties and getting rewarded because there's no VAR and there's no man on the spot. People scoring offside goals that are clearly offside with a minimal VAR review, yet they're still awarded because there's no VAR and there's no man on the spot. We've had a host of results this year where I understand that people want to talk about the luck of the game, but you can't have a situation where you allow the natural flow of the game to occur when the center officials and their supporting crew are as poor as they have been during this campaign. As far as I can remember, in the decade that I've been watching the Premier League, this is as bad as it has been. And I feel like it's only progressively getting worse. They're perpetually missing calls. There are all kinds of really terrible penalties being afforded. And at some point, you have to resolve the underlying problem or else we're going to end up in a situation where you might as well do what they're talking about doing in baseball and just have robotic umpires out there that call it like the FIFA video game. Because (laughs) I'm all for opportunistic sort of chance coming from who gets assigned to a particular match in terms of fouls, in terms of their allocation of, of yellow cards, and how they choose to call the match. There's always a little bit of interest in how that goes, and nobody wants to take it down to a binary fashion where you're allocating a specific number or a specific result that gets you a yellow card or any of those other things. But goals are quite obviously what win you matches, and when people keep getting awarded bad penalties or keep scoring goals that were clearly offside there's a problem and something needs to be done about it. Whether or not that's VAR, which should come next year, or an additional match official, which should probably also come next year. It's not like they're paying those guys that much. Mm. I think it's, there's going to be change. Obviously, we know there is for VAR next year. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, I mean, based on all of these things that are happening, like, like you said, this season, uh, what is actually going to be implemented and what's going to actually work, I think, moving forward into the next, you know, five, ten years or whatever. But... Uh, as I usually say, we'll see what happens, but it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Right, let's move on. We have uh, two topics left. We've got United howled by the Wolves and Watford sting the Eagles. And boys, you're up next, so go ahead and pick a topic. I would like to talk about United getting beat by Wolverhampton. Love it. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer saw his second loss in a row in all competitions at the mercy of the mighty Wolves, who booked their place in the FA Cup semis at United's expense. Uh, Boyce, your quiz question. When was the last time Wolves made an FA Cup semi-final appearance? Was it 1985, 1998, or 2001? 2001. Ooh, unlucky, bud. It was not that. It was 1998, so the second option there. So uh, not quite as recent, but uh, still not uh, decades back. Um, We praised Wolves last week quite a bit about their, their, obviously their players, their talent, all that stuff. Can we see Wolves actually winning this thing? Yes. You look at the situation as it exists right now. Wolves have uh, Watford. I'm actually, it's at Wembley, so it's neither home nor away. It's on a neutral pitch. I think they can clearly beat Watford. I think they're the better team out of those two. 
And then it's a question of what they can do against City. And as long as City aren't getting the benefit of a strangely disappearing VAR when it's been permeating throughout the entire rest of the tournament. And I, I just think they did such an incredible job in this match, just lying in wait. You know, they had they had the home pitch advantage. They had a situation where they had a talented team. And the most impressive thing about Wolves is they're generally able to bottleneck. Like, other than City, there haven't been a lot of teams against Wolves this season that have been able to put up more than two goals. And I think what they did was pretty intelligent to soak up the pressure in the first half. You have a United squad that was potentially still reeling from their loss to Arsenal the week before. And they executed it to perfection. They waited for United to make a mistake. And that goal from Jimenez was pure class. And he's been scoring against absolutely everyone lately. And you can clearly understand why he's on the top of the shopping list for a lot of high-level Premier League clubs over the, the summer transfer window. I Respect to Wolves. This was a really well-played match. And I know the final score was 2-1. But, I mean, Rashford scores in the 95th minute. The match was long, long over by then, and I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that would argue that Wolverhampton weren't the better side. And I'm sure one of the things that Jared would agree with me with is that I would very much love to see this replicated when Wolves see United once again at the Molyneux, I believe, in either late March or early April. Uh, I truly hope that Wolves can replicate this result. And, you know, the four of the four squads left in the FA Cup, I, you know, I'm I'm going to be Team Wolves, I think. Mm. Robert Plant is a known and devout Wolves fan, and uh, you got to love Zeppelin. So go <laughs> on, Wolves. We'll take it. Uh, Jared, your quiz question. When was the last time United lost an FA Cup clash with Wolves? Was it 1973, 1994, or 2003? Oldest one. Oldest one is correct. Nice. Yeah, it was quite a while ago, 1973. What has happened uh, to this new magical new era of United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Are we uh, hitting a bit of a speed bump here now? Uh, you know, I can only say so many times that, you know, it was just the greatest start, you know, for a, for a manager of Solskjaer, and he's just kind of falling down to earth. Um, as, as Boyce alluded to, yes, I 100% hope that uh, that Wolves can replicate this result in the league. As much, uh, you know, trash talking I can do. You know, Spurs need everything that I can get, and uh, I'm glad Everton got my check. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dispatching Chelsea, we were texting about that, and it was just just lovely um to the point where it was a buddy of mine who's an everton supporter it was his birthday and now somehow i owe him a beer and i'm fine with that but you expected it to be a hard fought match i mean i'm not really if i were in the united faithful i'm not really sounding all the alarm bells quite yet i mean wolves are a quality side anybody who does not see that i think is kind of kidding themselves um they are talented they are dangerous and perhaps this was a united squad that maybe was was looking ahead uh, kind of hoping, you know, perhaps you had a Manchester Derby uh, in the FA Cup final coming their way. And that, as tantalizing as that would be, um, I wonder if the moment is kind of getting to them. Mm. And what this could be is the the honeymoon, I think, is over. And I think this allows Solskjaer to really see what is the real work that needs to be done at this United squad. Okay. I mean, I think they were playing up. They were playing certainly up to their talent level. But I wonder if through a uh, system or training, Gunner is really seeing uh, what what really needs to be done. Because this is still an imperfect squad. Mm-hmm. It is a very expensive and very talented squad. But an imperfect squad nonetheless. And um, I don't know. Uh, 
personally, I hope he doesn't fix it and uh, we get some more distance. But again, you know, it's it, it's a lot of money and uh, it's a lot of talent to mm-hmm. just you know kind of kind of flame out the way they are. Mm-hmm. But at the risk of obviously we say hopefully they keep losing, but at the risk of potentially losing Pochettino uh, to Man United, yes, those rumours are maybe circling again. But uh, let's let's pretend that's just not a thing, right? Let's just uh, let's just brush that under the carpet. I tell you what, if Levy doesn't promise <clears throat> to open the checkbook, then this is becoming a bigger reality than I ever wanted or should it have ever been. And it will be an absolute travesty and it will be Daniel Levy's fault. Let's move on to our last one, which is Watford sting the Eagles. And Jared, this one is you. The Hornets fought off any threat from the Eagles by coming away with a win and booking their semifinal place. The score is 2-1 in that game. Uh, so Jared, your quiz question. When was the last time Watford progressed to the semifinals? Was it 1984? 2003 or 2016 oh my god if it was that recent i don't remember this then it's gonna be embarrassing um was it that recent i don't remember i'll fall for your games james 2016 (laughs) it is 2016 (laughs) (laughs) you did it nice and you almost did fall into that trap it was quite recent yeah believe it or not 2016 so they were there once before i remember who they played uh, God, I, can't, I actually don't remember who they played. Who was it? <laughs> I actually, didn't they beat Arsenal in the round of eight that year in order to be able to get into the semifinals? I feel like that's a thing that happened. That actually sounds very, very familiar. I'll have to look that one up. But um, Sure. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Jared, how did Watford come away with a victory here over Palace? Well, uh, James, in this match, if you uh, in this game, if you score more goals than the other team, ah, uh, then you win. That's what did it. Got it, boys. Yeah, uh... That's what it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, like you said. It is. Well, we were talking about this Palace team and the notion that we could open the new stadium against Palace. James, you and I were talking about like we were not excited about that mm-hmm. uh, because this is still a a team that can. I can nick you. And actually, I think these these two squads are probably remarkably similar. Um, mm-hmm. They are. I mean, you can use all the adjectives. They're plucky. Like, they can run you. But at the end of the day, they know how to score goals and they know how to get points. And it was actually a pretty level match. Indeed. Uh, yeah. When you look at pretty much every metric, um, I don't know. I think it was just a, a well fought game. I, I I don't you know really any massive error really anything to talk about uh, mm-hmm. as far as anybody kind of giving it up it's just a chess match to two uh, squads that know how to play solid defense mm-hmm. and uh and then came away but i do think watford are capable of beating wolves i don't think they will but uh you know these are between wolves watford and and palace i really think uh any one of them uh would would really have a chance to maybe pull an upset here in the final. Mm-hmm, indeed. Boys, your question. What was Palace's overall possession percentage from this game? Was it 47, 57, or 67%? Uh, 57. Right in the middle. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And I'll get you those two points. 57%. Perhaps a fair reflection on the overall result, as Jared was pointing out. Kind of an even game. Uh, but despite wins against Spurs and Doncaster in the FA Cup, how did Palace specifically fall short here? You know, I think the strange thing about this is the fact that if you'd asked me pre-match who had the advantage, it would have been Palace. The pure reason being that Palace has somehow obtained 20 points on the road and 13 points at home in the Premier League to make up their total of 33, which I believe is the only team that has somehow managed to accumulate more points on the road than they have at their home, which is 
strange because Selhurst Park is is gorgeous and has provided sort of a fortification for them in previous years. I just think in this match they got unlucky. You know, it was one of those situations where Jared kind of referenced. It was a, a pretty back-and-forth match, and Watford just managed to score two goals, whereas Palace could only muster one. And sometimes it's not necessarily tactical or strategic. It's just the, how the, the match ends and who manages to finish and who doesn't. Right. And when one team has 11 shots and the other one has 13, one has eight shots on goal and the other one has five, sometimes one more goal goes in than the other squad has. And in, in watching a little bit of this, I think these two teams are actually fairly even, even though there's a pretty large distinction between them and the table as far as it's concerned. But from a talent level, there's a lot of talent on that Palace side, especially with, you know, Batshuayi arriving during the winter transfer window. Uh, you know, they have players that can put the ball into the back of the net with Zaha, and they just, you know, weren't able to do so. And I know that that sounds pretty perfunctory, <laughs> but sometimes that's just all the more there is to it, I think. Mm-hmm. Let's jump right into our next game, which is, of course, another round of Rumor Mill. Uh, so to clarify, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something I made up. So it's basically true or false. Two points for a correct guess. And Jared, you're up first with this one. Chelsea could decide not to sell England winger Callum Hudson-Odoi if they sell Belgium forward Eden Hazard to Real Madrid this summer. Is that true or false? Sure. I sure. think that would actually be prudent. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. And yes, it is true. According to <laughs> the Sun uh, of all places, they were the ones to say that. So that would make sense, right? Two plus two equals four. We'll see. Anyway, it is Real Madrid. They can do whatever they want, apparently. Yes, they uh, can. Boys, this next one is for you. After spending zero pounds in the last two transfer markets, Tottenham have now revealed they have a budget of 90 million pounds for new players this summer. So I remember reading something this week about Levy saying that despite cost overruns, they'd still spend money. But I've yet to see 90 million pounds, and that sounds absolutely ridiculous. So even though it will probably end up being true, I'm going to say false. It is false. Yeah, nice work, bud. Uh, I was just dreaming when I wrote this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. Yes, Daniel Levy did come out and say to the... um, the chairman uh, of the supporters group or whoever, that uh, that he does have two separate budgets, one to pay off the stadium and one for new players. Whether that's true, uh, I don't know. We'll see. What do you think, Jared? I find it interesting that yeah. the chairman is saying, don't worry, I've got two sets of books. One set will show you. <laughs> the other one will make it easier to bring stuff in. I'm not a scientist, but uh, that sounds interesting to me. Yeah. He's got uh, one bank account for savings and one for checking. <laughs> Clearly, that's how he runs it. Um, you know, it's funny he... you said that, and I was like, only $90 million? God, that sucks. <laughs> I, mean, I know, I've got $10 for you to spend. Anyway, um, exactly. Yeah, this next one's for you. Arsenal are interested in a move for Man United right-back Antonio Valencia when his contract ends this summer, according to the player's father and agent. No way. Are you saying that's false? That is false. It is true. true. (laughs) Yeah, according to Sky... Boyce already knew it. (laughs) According to Sky Sports, um, they're they're after that guy. Is that a wise move, Boyce? No, of course it's not. (laughs) We, bought, we just bought or brought Licksteiner in for free, and he's obviously worked out smashingly well. So let's just do that again and pay more in salary for a player we can get on a Bosman. 
Lovely. <laughs> that is so crazy to me. I cannot believe that is true. Well, and Sky Sports reported it, so it has to be true. Uh, wow. Anyway. Boys, this last one's for you. Barcelona striker Luis Suarez says former Liverpool teammate Steven Gerrard convinced him to turn down a move to Arsenal in 2013 in order to stay with the Reds. Probably. So, true. It is true, according to the Daily Star of all reads. I did know that. Yeah, apparently Steven Gerrard put something in his ear to say that, and thus he is now with Barcelona and Arsenal. Uh, Just a slip of the tongue from Steven Gerrard. Just a slip of the tongue. (laughs) Let's swiftly move on now to our last game, which is a slight twist on our classic closer, which is team profile. Team profile. So as usual, I'll provide five different clues to a different FA Cup team, each clue easier than the last. The first person to shout their name and correctly guess said team wins those points. But you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. This week, your clue to these teams is down and out Premier League teams. So quite literally, this translates to current Premier League teams who are no longer in the running for this year's FA Cup. So quite a few teams, guys. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> um, are we ready to go? Sure. Yeah, let's do this one up. Team number one is a top six club. A club with two words in their name. Jared. Yes, Jared. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur. You had me worried for a minute. Uh, but yes, it is Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> it was too obvious. I was like, did I screw this up? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was the double twist on you. You're suddenly having to think and then realizing that you were right in the first place. Uh, but it is Tottenham Hotspur. Yes, the other clues were made the semifinal of last year's FA Cup, knocked out this year by Crystal Palace, about to move into their new stadium, finally. Um, Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, nice work on that, Jared. Player number two, uh, player number two, team number two, get this right, team number two, acquired a new manager this season. Based in the south of England. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Southampton. Southampton, nice, that is absolutely correct, yeah, and that'll get you those two points. Thought you might say Arsenal there for a minute. Other clues were, has scored ten goals so far this season, players include Danny Ings and Jack Stevens play at St. Mary's Stadium and known as the Saints and the team that beat Tottenham last time around. Let's not mention that, though. Uh, player number... Oh, player again? I did it again! Force of habit. <laughs> team number three, a London club. The only club to use cheerleaders in the Premier League. Jared. Yes, Jared. That Chelsea. It is not Chelsea, no, and that does freeze you out. Good guess, though. Uh, so, Boise's last clues are for you. Have Blue as part of their club strip. Players include Jeff Schlup and Joel Ward, known as the Eagles. Crystal Palace? Ooh, you had me worried there for a minute. Yes. Good, good, good Googling, bud. Good job. <laughs> nice Googling. <laughs> Uh, it is Crystal Palace, so yes, nice work. They are the only club to have cheerleaders in. Would you believe it? Um, whether that's them trying to do a thing and inspire other teams, or I don't know. But uh, anyway, that'll get you those two points. Team number four, based on the east side of London. Knocked out from the FA Cup by a League One team. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. West Ham. 
Bam, West Ham. Yeah, nice work, bud. We'll get you those two points. I thought I might trick you on the East thing, but clearly I didn't. Uh, the other clues were recently moved to a new stadium, once managed by David Moyes, known as the Hammers. West Ham, nice work, bud. Um, not going to lie. I did the compass rose in my head when I was thinking about the London map and whether or not that was right. Love it, love it. So you were thinking it. I'll take it. Last team of the game is based in Merseyside. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Liverpool. You fell into the trap. No, it is not Liverpool. Ah. <laughs> Unlucky, bud. That'll freeze you out. Jared, uh, enjoy it. These clues are for you. Their current stadium is 127 years old. Knocked out in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Also once managed by David Moyes. Known, <laughs> a long list. <laughs> known as the Toffees. And did Spurs and Arsenal a massive favor over the weekend. Yep. That is Everton. It is Everton, yes. Nice work, bud. That'll get you those two points. What teams have David Moyes not managed yet? He's obviously done United. He's done Everton, West Ham. He's just going to go through the list until he gets them all. See if he gets them. Anyway, that is the game, folks. And the final score, another close one. Jared, you came away with 10 points, but congratulations, boys. You came away with 14 and the win. How do you feel? The same way I always feel. Oh, no. He's rubbing it in, Jared. <laughs> He's rubbing it in. How do you feel, Jared? Deep breaths. Man, i got to figure something out here. I <laughs> You came close. You had a bit of a lead at the start, but uh, I think it was that team profile that uh, Boyce kind of started to run no, away with. You're it right. There. I yeah. got to be a faster Googler. You know <laughs> that, or, or that, or Boyce needs to get a quieter keyboard so I can't hear him. But you know, we figure it out. Don't worry, bud. Uh, or he needs to not miss the clue and give me time to sit and look at the table until I figure it out. <laughs> that too. Oh, of many ways. Next week's episode will all be about Spurs uh, in the player profile. So be ready, Jerry. Don't gonna... do me any favors, James. <laughs> I don't want your favors. I don't want them. Uh, anyway, uh, guys, that is all we have time for today, though. Uh, so big thanks, as always, to my guests, Jerry Bustamante and Boyce Richardson. Uh, since we're now on international duty, we're going to take a week off. But we will be back the following week when the league returns. So we'll have more fun, excitement, and Jared most likely drowning his sorrows at an Anfield slash Liverpool loss. Right, Jared? Let's hope. It's, yeah, gosh. Deep breaths again. Uh, don't forget, as always, to share the love by rating us from iTunes or on iTunes. And, of course, subscribing to our weekly episodes. You can also check out our musings on our Twitter page, at KickCornerFlag, as well as our Facebook page and website, KickFlag.com. Final words, boys. Arsenal somehow play eight matches in the month of April with only two occurring on weekends. So I just wanted to extend a, a thank you to the BBC and Sky Sports for uh, screwing... <laughs> All of the Arsenal branch managers in the United States. So thanks for that, guys. Oh, they're, they're probably more than welcome. They probably don't even care. Uh, and Jared? I highly doubt they do. <laughs> Jared? Uh, well, I'm just looking forward to that 10-day stretch uh, where I'm, I'm setting the goal difference at minus five. Oh, no. Oh, and I don't know if we're going to cover, man. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. We'll see. Time will tell. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, guys, and see you in two weeks.